I think the longest I've been away from her is like three hours. I'm, I'm horrible. Like I do not leave her alone. I hadn't spent the night away from her. I just, I can't do it yet. It's so hard. Welcome back to another episode of Moms the Mic with Mariah. I am really excited about the conversation today with Allie because we talk a lot about working from home with little to no childcare and a lot about how the perceptions of women working has changed now in 2022. It was a very interesting conversation because we talked a lot about how open she is with her boss about everything under the sun, including breastfeeding and her baby taking naps and really needing to block her schedule based on her baby's needs some days if it's a rough day. And I was really empowered by the conversation. This episode is perfect for someone who's pregnant currently and debating their career and how to navigate their career and the discussions that they're going to have with their boss around being a working mother, especially good for someone who's working from home and pregnant or currently working from home and has a child and trying to figure out how to manage that busy schedule. So I really was humbled a lot by Allie. She seems to handle everything with grace. And yes, I'm sure her life is chaotic at times, but she's really found a way to balance things. So I ask you all just to respect her opinions and understand this is just someone's perspective, someone's views on their current situation and how they chose to navigate it. So be gentle and kind as usual. And I hope you guys really enjoyed the episode because I took a lot from it. So enjoy the episode, guys. So Allie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, I'm really, really excited to have you on to talk a little bit about working from home um, without a nanny. All of us are just trying really to manage our child the best we can. Um, So it'll be interesting to have your perspective on the topic. So as we start, I just wanted to like know a little bit about yourself. Like how old are you? Um, How did you meet your spouse? Like what's your deal? Yeah, I am 31. I'll be 32 next month. And I've actually known my spouse since I was in sixth grade. He grew up with us and, but we didn't start dating until our senior year of college. So like 10 years later. So we've been together since 20. 11 and here we are almost 10 years over 10 years later and married and have our first baby Spencer she's eight months this week so it's been kind of a crazy little journey that's awesome it's um it's got to be a unique experience to know your spouse kind of for that long right yeah I mean it's crazy like when we were in like middle school and high school I was like oh he's cute but I didn't really know him at all I actually was friends with his sister I used to drive her to school because we were neighbors Um, and he was always like a year ahead of me, but we always crossed paths just through everything. And then, um, we ended up going to college together and hung out at a bar together one night and the rest is history. Here we are, (laughs) but it's been fun. I mean, we spent like the first few years of our relationship, like doing a ton of traveling together, which was really fun. We went to places like Peru, uh, Fiji, Honduras, like kind of all over the place. And then, um, once we finally kind of settled down and got big kid jobs. We moved to Seattle for five years and then found out our family was growing. And then that's when we moved back here, back to California. So did you guys always know that you wanted kids? Yeah, I think kids was kind of like always definitely in the plan. Um, I don't know. I think I think we all kind of, a lot of young girls, I don't know if all, but we imagine ourselves. We're like, oh yeah, I'm going to have like five kids by the time I'm 30. And like, 
everything's just going to be easy peasy. I definitely started out with that high number. And as I've gotten older and now that it definitely that I have a kid, I'm like, two's good. I mean, I definitely don't want her to grow up by herself, but I, I definitely don't think I will be able to handle more than two. What do you think it is like about handling more than two for you? Well, I think of like one kid on each hand. First off, like I got two hands. That's what I can do. And I, and I would like them to be closer in age. So like, I don't know, she's eight months now. So in the next few months, we might talk about starting trying again. Who knows? Car- like, ball's still in the air on that one. But I would like the t- them to be close in age. And I think of like two under two as being like chaos. But I also think three under three sounds even more chaotic. So <laughs> um, I'm just kind of p- picking my bets, hedging my bets. We'll see. Maybe after two, I'll be like, no, I could do one more. But right now, two sounds like a good number. Yeah, I think two is a really, really good number. It's manageable. They'll have a sibling, you know, if that's something that you want. Do you feel like you're recovered from the pregnancy enough to have a baby again that quick? I think physically, yes. Um, I had a relatively easy pregnancy. I mean, I I had morning sickness, which sucked. But I was able to, once I kind of like that passed, I felt good. I stayed active. I didn't really have any problems I had a really easy delivery so like physically I feel ready like if I wanted to I could do it again but I think there's like the emotional step of it too you're like I know that as soon as I get pregnant or have another baby my attention from the one that I've got is going to be split and um, I feel like she still needs so much of me she's a contact napper like she hates napping in the crib she will not sleep like on the bed next to me like, I have to be holding her probably 15 hours of the day. Um, but at the same time, she's a really good night sleeper. So I'm, like, hedging my best. My bets and, like, just if I can get good nights, I'm in a good spot. Um, but, yeah, no, she, like, has to be touched 24-7, which is really sweet because she just wants to cuddle with you all day. But at the same time, you just got to cut the cord, kid. We cut that eight months ago. It's time to, like, build some independence. Um, but she's, she just is very, um, touch motivated and touch driven and very sensory. Like even when she's playing with things, like she like pays attention to like the, like different textures on a toy. Like the one I'm looking at right next to me, it's like one of those crinkly toys, but it's got soft parts and then like the crunchy parts and stuff like that. And she'll sit there and like analyze the different pieces. So she's like definitely a very sensory tactile kid. And so thinking of having another one when I have this one that can't be alone um, is terrifying. Yeah, it's um, everybody has different babies. So it's very unique doing these interviews because I get to hear about all the different children, you know, and their unique personalities, which I feel like come out, you know, by now. Yes, she's very determined. It's so funny. You just watch her face, especially when she's like trying to reach for something and she's like, nothing's going to stop her until she gets that toy. And now I'm obviously at the phase where I'm like, go get it yourself. Like, I'm not going to do it for you. You can do it. So it's obviously trying to encourage that independence as much. But it's just so like, she's funny. I like her. I'll keep her. There's no return policy anyway. So I'm stuck with her. (laughs) So what happened as far as like, let's back up with you trying to conceive. Like, did you get pregnant pretty fast? I mean, it sounds like your pregnancy was pretty great outside of morning sickness. So what exactly happened when you wanted to try to have a baby? I was shocked how easy it was to get pregnant. Like I had done, um, like I've always kind of like been in tune with my body. Like I knew I was off birth control for a really long time and was just doing like 
<clears throat> our birth control was natural planning, just kind of like knowing where you were in your cycle and things like that. Um, and so when we started trying, it ended up being really easy. Like we only tried for like two months. Um, and I actually found out I was pregnant on New Year's Day 2021, which was kind of a fun way to start the new year. So for me, it was super easy, and which is crazy to think because like you can do everything perfectly and you still only have a one in five chance of getting pregnant. So I consider myself really lucky, especially with friends that are like going through infertility or struggling with all of that kind of stuff. I obviously like sympathize with them because it was so easy for me, but I, I know that's not the case for everybody, but yeah, it was really easy. And at this point, obviously it was COVID world. Um, and early on my company had decided to send everyone home and we became a permanent, permanently remote company. Um, I want to say in October of 2020. So they made the decision to stay remote pretty early on. Um, and us being in Seattle and our families being in California, that kind of all of a sudden the fact that I could take my take my job with me anywhere in the country all of a sudden opened a whole bunch of doors in terms of like having a family and things like that. So like once that decision was made, it was a really easy like switch for us to be like, okay, let's do this. We'll if it when we get pregnant, we'll sell our house, we'll move back down to California, be closer to family, and then we'll figure it out from there. Um, so that's kind of what we did by January 1st, we were pregnant. By the middle of March, our house was on the market, and we moved back home in May. Um, and then she was born in September. So it was like a really crazy time and busy time. But um, I like the phrase, it takes a village, is like more than it takes a freaking army village. Screw that. Give me like the whole platoon. But it's really good to be back closer to family and to watch my, my mom with, with her granddaughter and watch my in-laws with their first grandchild and things like that like it's fun to be able to watch those relationships grow at the same time yeah so let's explore work a little bit and like talk about COVID and like your pregnancy and being pregnant during COVID and working really remote did you I mean I was in the same circumstance you were um obviously I had a much tougher pregnancy which I like hear these people who had you know, pretty relatively, right? Because pregnancy is hard regardless. Um, But like a relatively routine pregnancy, I'm like, oh my God, wow, I can't imagine. Um, So (laughs) what was it like being pregnant during COVID and working remote for you? It was like half bittersweet because I got pregnant right at the time when like vaccines were just starting to roll out, but we had no idea if they were safe for pregnancy. I did get, I did get it. Um, I actually enrolled in a few different like vaccine studies, like one through UCSF and then one through University of Washington, um, where they like, basically I answered questionnaires every week about my pregnancy after my vaccine and things like that. So I was like, you know, I'll contribute to science. Um, and for me, I was early enough in my pregnancy that I was like, okay, if something goes wrong, we can like course correct or, or make hard decisions if we needed to. But to me, it was like, I, I just couldn't not get it. At least that was my opinion. I just, for my safety and obviously you hear all the horror stories out there of like, pregnant women going into a coma and giving birth and they don't meet their baby until like three months later or like whatever it was from COVID. And I was like, I just don't want that for me. Um, And so that was my major deciding factor. But the amount of like the hardest part I think about being pregnant was the amount of judgment you got. It was like, 
okay, I'm going to the grocery store. I'm visibly pregnant. You've got some people that are like, oh, so happy for you and like totally run of the mill, happy family. And then I had a um, gentleman probably in like his 50s or 60s and was like, why are you out in public? You're pregnant. You shouldn't be here. And I was like, well, I got to eat. Is he kidding? No, dead serious. And then like a year later, fast forward, she's like six months old now. And then I was in a different grocery store and some old woman was like, why are you wearing a mask? You're hurting your baby. And I was like, I, don't, I can't win here, guys. I can't win. So people are ridiculous. It's just I, I, I'm at the point where I'm like, you do you. I'll do me. I'm going to keep wearing my mask. I know they're not required, but I've got an infinite home that can't get vaccinated. So I'll do whatever I can to help her along the way um, until she can get vaccinated. So that's kind of like, I was like, I'm doing the best I can here. There's, there's only, you can't please everybody. That's where I've gotten at this point. Like I'm going to do my best and make the best decisions I have that I can make for my family. Totally. I am, you know, some guy came up to me while I was running pregnant. He's like, I cannot believe you're hurting your baby's brain. How could you do that to an unborn fetus? I was like, you're going to get cussed out. So we're going to have a huge problem. I mean, people are just, I don't think they're even thinking about like how much that's affecting a mother or a pregnant person by saying stupid shit like that, you know? Yeah. And just judging you along the way, you're like, we're all trying our best. Like, trust me, no mom out there or mom to be out there is trying to screw up. We especially, especially now are like in this, um, picture perfect Instagram mom world. Like you have to breastfeed. You have to do this. You can't ever introduce a pacifier. You can don't ever put them in the contain like container things like the bouncies and things like that. Let them play on the floor. Like there's so many things that social media especially is like, like mom Instagram and mom TikTok. Super helpful sometimes, but 90% of the time I'm like, why am I even here? I know this is not the thing that I should be paying attention to when I'm already like second guessing, am I doing the right thing for her five times a day? So yeah, I think it's a really good point. And honestly, I think that's a lot of the reason why I chose to create this podcast was because I don't really feel like there are people that are really just being truthful about their experiences around motherhood. Um, and so, I mean, I think more of that needs to be shared in a sense of like people like you stepping forward to tell your story, you know, and talk a little bit about, give us some insight into your life with your child, because we've got to change the narrative so people don't feel so isolated. Exactly. And it's like, there's all these recommendations out there, but at the same time, like, I think I still, I'm still honing into it. And I think you probably are too. Mariah is like your mom gut, like just what is the right thing in that moment? And you're just going to, at some point, you're not going to sit there and like go and Google something while you're trying to decide if it's safe for my kid to be climbing this ladder, right? Like <laughs> you're going to follow your gut and you're going to get your kid off the ladder if they're going to fall off of it. We, those instincts kick in and obviously there's no perfect instinct and what's right for your kid is not going to be right for every kid. Like um, I have a niece that's 10 weeks older than Spencer and she's like leaps and bounds ahead of her in milestones and hit them all earlier than Spencer has and things like that. And it was really, and it's my brother's daughter and it's really hard to, even though I know they're two months apart, like there's so much development that happens every two months. 
it's really hard to sit there and watch my niece play. And then I'm sitting there and watching Spencer play. And I'm like, how are these two only two months apart? And then I'm like, but when they're five, it's going to be like the same dang thing. So um, it's really hard to not compare yourself. And um, I just find myself like muting social media, especially to just sit there and just like, you know, I'm just going to listen to my gut today and try what I think is going to work and play with my baby how I want to play with my baby, feed my baby how I want to feed my baby. And as long as she survives the day, I did a good job. Sometimes that's that's the benchmark. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's hard. Uh, it's, it's hard for all of us. We're always second guessing and we're just trying to do the best and we're sleep deprived at times. So I just think it's a, you know, it's a really, really good point to make. And I, you know, I think too, like, talking a little bit about work, you know, I've had a really hard time, you know, with work um, and a child and adjusting to that. Um, how has it been for you, like, after you got off maternity leave? Well, first of all, how long did you take for your maternity leave? I had 16 weeks, but I was lucky that the holidays, like Christmas and New Year's, fell in. So I ended up getting 17 because they like holidays tacked on. So that was nice. So I went out memor- uh, Labor Day weekend, um, and then I came back mid-January. Um, and my company was great in the fact that they allowed me to come back part-time for my first couple weeks. So my first week back, I only worked 50%. My second week back, I worked 75%. And then by my third week back, I was at 100%. So I had a little bit of like a, a lead, like a, they call it a ramp back program. So I kind of like was able to ease into it a bit. While I was out, my company had massive layoffs. My job was safe. It's fine. Um, My department was safe and things like that. But like so many other companies, they're all changing. And um, my company laid off about 1,500 people. In no, Yeah, it was huge. Um, It was like 20% of our workforce. Um, And then when I came back, like my whole organization had been reorged. And so I had a new boss and new HR team that I was working with and... um, new projects that I was supporting which was fine it was just like okay hold on it's like not even like ramping back it was like straight up starting a new job at that point um just because it was a completely different organization that I was working in and so that was definitely a challenge and at the same time um I was going to have different family members helping take care of Spencer for those first couple weeks just for like even just for a few hours of the day just so I could like get my feet back under me and then everyone got COVID in the like Omicron Christmas wave and so I was like, well, <laughs> there goes my childcare for my first two weeks. So I kind of just got like thrown in the deep end and I, and then I figured it out. I figure it out every day, frankly. Um, we spend a lot of time working from our bed or on the floor in the living room, um, which is fun too. So, but I also, I'm just really grateful that I get to be the one that's at home with her. Um, I don't want to sound like a COVID fear monger person, but I just, I'm not comfortable sending my kid to daycare. I just, I can't, I can't muster myself doing it. Like, why do you feel that way? And it's valid, right? I think all of us have different opinions on daycare or not, or nannies or not. And some people want to stay at home. Listen, that's totally fine. And the point is, is that you're entitled to your own opinion. So why do you think that you feel that way? I think it's the like, unknowing of who she would have been in contact with. I think for me, not that I'm like a helicopter mom by any means. I just, you see the horror stories and I'm not like a paranoid person. Like I'm a pretty reasonable person, I think. Um, And I don't think like create, like her own uncle's not vaccinated and it bothers me still to this day. And I ask him to get tested every time he comes to see her, but that's his personal choice. 
And it's my personal choice as a parent to ask you to like prove to me that you don't have COVID in that moment. And I think that's the like challenge with me for daycare is like until she can get vaccinated and have her own protection from other people's viruses, I'm going, I I would rather keep her at home. So Allie, if this wasn't a COVID time because you're working from home, do you think that you would have sent your child to daycare, sent Spencer? Probably. I would have at least probably done some kind of part-time thing at this point. Probably. So part-time daycare or part-time nanny? Like, what do you think that you would have chosen? Probably part-time daycare. I know how I am even when, like, I have somebody here. Like, right now my mother-in-law is here helping, which is amazing. And I super appreciate it. She's here for the whole week, which is, like, the longest I've been able to, like, focus on work without baby interruptions. But even if I, like, hear her crying more than a few minutes, I, like, always go peek myself downstairs. I'm like, are you okay? Is everything fine? So I, it's almost like I need her out of the house to be able to like truly like disconnect. And I think the longest I've been away from her is like three hours. I'm I'm horrible. Like I do not leave her alone. I haven't spent the night away from her. I just, I can't do it yet. It's so hard. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about like the paranoia and like, what do you think? Well, let me rephrase that actually. Um, sure. Do you think that you would have thought you would have been this like crazy over your kid because, and let me, let me tell you why I'm asking the no, question. No, I didn't think I would be like this. No, no, I, I get your question. <laughs> no, I know I'm crazy. That's the thing is like, I just, I think, I think for me, it's like, I think it's almost like I'm worried that I'm going to, like if she goes and spends the night at someone else's house or someone else comes here and stays the night with her while we go out and do something else. I'm almost worried that I'm burdening someone else with her. And I think that's what it is for me. I don't think it's that I'm like afraid to be away from her. It's that I feel like I'm dropping her and like dropping her in someone else's lap to deal with. And granted, she's a really easy baby. She's happy. She loves to play. Like she just wants to be snuggled all the time. Like she's an, she's an easy baby and she's funny and I enjoy being around her, but I also am like, but what if she wakes up all night and won't go back to sleep? Like, I just made my mother-in-law stay up for four hours with my eight-month-old. Like, I'm a horrible mom. Like, I'm so rude for making somebody else take care of my kid in the middle of the night. Like, that's what goes through my mind versus being afraid to leave her with somebody else, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I think it makes complete sense. Like, I thought I would be someone who would just, like, give my kid to anyone, and I'm a psycho. So, I totally understand. You change, right? And yeah, and I I think, you know, something else that I really experienced that I'm curious if you did or not, but I think I had, like, I don't know if resentment is the right word, but like a lot of like, I think just like irritation about how my husband's work continued on and I had to make really like all these hard decisions around the baby, the childcare, my work. Like I felt like I died and came back to life. <laughs> I was this new person as a parent. And so, you know, I wanted to explore that topic a little bit with you and just see around work and just your life um, and how it was rocked with the child, like how things changed for you after you gave birth to your daughter. Totally. Um, my husband is a wonderful dad. Great, great dad. Loves loves her. So I'm just going to preface this entire conversation with that. Um, loves her, loves me, loves our family, does everything he possibly can to like provide for us and treats us amazing. But he gets to leave every day and go to work. He works out of the house in an office um, and he has her whole life. He's been like out in the workforce and 
I wonder if like my mentality towards taking her to daycare or leaving her with someone else would be different if I was kind of forced to do it. Um, like if that was what I had to do to keep working, I would obviously make plans to do that. But I don't, I, resentment isn't the right word, but I totally get where, how it's like the best word for it because like, I don't truly resent my husband. I just, I think I'm, maybe I'm jealous of it. I don't, I don't know what the emotion is behind it, but he kind of gets to like live two lives, right? He's got his like professional working life where he's completely independent and gets to do whatever he wants. And then he's got his home life where all of a sudden he's like tied to baby and walking the dog and feeding the cat and whatever it may be. Um, but he gets that like eight, nine hours a day of out of the house time. And I'm like, I leave the house for a walk after she goes to bed at 9 p.m. at night. And I walk around my neighborhood like in silence and it's the best hour of my life. But that's that's my free hour. So I get what you're saying. I Resentment's not the right word. Maybe it's jealousy, but I don't know. He's just got to keep going. He's like gotten to like interview for new jobs and things like that. But I'm like, but see what I'm doing right now. I'm. I, I like my job, not that I'm looking for another job, but I get to like, I don't feel like I have the same freedom of being able to like answer those LinkedIn ads that are like, hey, your job experience fits perfectly for this job in Sacramento, in office, like all the stuff I'm like, but then I would be paying for daycare. And it, I feel like I have to evaluate so many more things to be able to make those kinds of changes in my career that he doesn't have to. Yeah, I think you explained it really well. I mean, I'm like, I tend to be like a very blunt, like probably not use the right words all the time person. And so I think that you, you know, describe that very well. I think it's just a you know, emotional labor, like a lot of people talk about the emotional labor of a child. Um, and it falls a lot on women. And I think it's something I truly didn't understand until I had a child. I mean, how do you think that you've coped with that? Uh, I, I don't, I don't know if I have, I think, I think me not being, I think me still bur- feeling that burden of like, when I leave her with someone else, that it's a burden on them. I think that's still part of that, like, trying to work through that um, emotional labor piece, right? Like it's my fault if she's fussy. It's my fault if she's crying in public. I'm still definitely working through that. Someone can tell me until they're blue in the face that babies cry and it's okay. And no one's mad at you if your baby's crying in the grocery store. But I, I don't like that doesn't like resonate with me yet. So I think it's like I'm still working through it. I don't know if I've got it figured out by any means. It's just taking it one day at a time. And, um, thankfully I work at a, especially in terms of like my career, um, I work at a pretty large company that like really focuses on internal mobility and, um, kind of unlocking your next career move from within. So my background's in like PR and communications. And I recently took on like a purely internal communications role since coming back from maternity leave, which I really am excited about. And I just started it. Um, and it's kind of like offering new challenges, introducing me to different stakeholders in the company, um, and just presenting the job that I was doing for five years, pre-kid, all of a sudden back from maternity leave, doing something new. And I'm like, I really, I came back super refreshed and like ready to like jump in, but I'm really excited to be doing something different a little bit, kind of like this next chapter of life. I get to do this next chapter of my career but I still have the same benefits and flexibility of being able to work from home um, with her. And so it's a little bit of both of like, how do I cope with not having the flexibility to jump around from company to company? 
I was able to be lucky enough to be in a company that presents opportunities internally, which is a nice feeling too. How do you take a break like after work? Because I think a lot of people will look at, well, not a lot of people, some people may interpret your situation as your current, you know, situation of working from home as like, maybe she never gets a break. So how do you feel like you get an escape a little bit for yourself? Um, I mentioned my 9 p.m. walks. That's like my huge thing. And also I try, I'm crazy, but I, I try to wake up before the baby every morning and I like drive to Starbucks and I get my morning coffee. Those are like my two, my two breaks that I'm like, I have to do every day. Um, my husband doesn't usually get home until like seven o'clock at night. So he works pretty late in the day, but he doesn't leave until later in the mornings. Um, which helps so I can get like crank out a couple hours of work too before she's before he's gone and she's really like active and all over the place. Um, she that afternoon nap in our house is real challenging, but it works really well in a car. So that's kind of my break too. Is I put her in the car seat and we just go put the windows down and just go drive around and she takes an hour nap and I just drive around town and breathe fresh air and. Um, I'm out of my house for a little while, which is a huge, um, accomplishment most days with no, no like goals or things to do. Just get out of the house is like my break. Yeah. It's challenging. I think we all have to find right. Our balance in some way. And what does it look like, Ali? Like when you have conference calls, because I noticed when I was having calls, I'm like, Oh my God, someone take my kid. Like, what am I going to do? Like, how does that work as far as for someone working from home to manage a really young baby and, conference calls my my meetings just always have an extra participant um she's usually in them with me everyone likes seeing her um generally she falls asleep in them she's very bored by them or she's like playing with a little quite I have to she really likes like I have one of those crinkly toys like that makes that sound she loves that um so I have to either put myself on mute when I'm not talking and she's playing with that or I just find something quiet for her to play with or things like that but generally she's there she's just part of the team at this point um and she thinks it's funny she'll like sit there and laugh at people the start of every meeting everyone waves to her and says hi good morning Spencer and she sits there and smiles back at them so it's cute she's got a whole team of people with her yeah it's um what's crazy to me is I did an interview with my mother who was a stay-at-home mom and you know and I've talked to other working women like who work out of the home what's crazy is that times have changed where like we can bring babies on conference calls and we're not looked down upon for having a child and working like that balance does exist like it is possible to do your job very well and have a baby at home yeah I think that's something that I would like to emphasize is that it's like yeah it's hard like I'm not trying to say it's easy I'm more than exhausted by the end of the day and I'm ready to go to bed at 9:30 every night but it's also doable like it's manageable as long as you can set your expectations my company's created like core working hours of like all of my meetings are going to be between 10 and 2 and then everything else is white space on your calendar like you are not allowed to schedule meetings and if someone does you are free to decline it because it's outside your core working hours. And I think it's really taught me to be super communicative with my managers and things like that of just like, baby's having a rough day, so I'm going to be off and on for like the next hour or whatever it may be. Like she's breaking teeth. Like it's an extra, it's an extra fussy time right now. Um, Things like that. And so I've also like, it's also taught me how to 
handle my baby really well. Like if she cries, she generally wants to be held. So I just hold her and I deal with it and I move on and I, I record all my meetings on my phone so that I can like go back and listen to things in case I've had to like kind of mute myself and step away for a few minutes if I needed to, but it is doable and you figure out those strategies that work. And frankly, if your employer doesn't want to work with you on it, you have the leverage and like, it's the kind of world right now where there's enough people hiring out there that you can make decisions and kind of put yourself in the right position to like make demands. I don't want to say make demands because that's not, that's a little forceful, but like you can make moves for yourself if you need to, if that's what you want to do, if you don't have a company that's going to support you. Like I know I was lucky and I got four months off. Um, what I've wanted more hundred percent, but, um, we don't live in Sweden, unfortunately. <laughs> and, but like, I don't know. I just, I don't see myself in a position like of not having her at home with me right now. I think that that's a really good point about work. And I think, you know, a lot of people have chosen now to explore other options as far as how do they work from home and how do they find a company that's accepting just because you're a mother, like you can still work. Yeah. I'm, I, not going to lie, before I had my baby, I was like kind of over my job and I was like, I'm over this. I'm ready to kind of like start figuring out something else. And then obviously when you're like, okay, I'm going to be having a kid that like paternity leave and maternity leave stuff all comes up and you're like, okay, what are my benefits and options here? But I feel even more supported post having a baby um, just in terms of like my team. Granted, three other people on my team had babies in the last year too. So it's kind of like... And they were all there first. So everyone's kind of gone through this little change in the last few months. Um, So maybe it's just my team culture has really changed because a lot of people have become new parents. But all of a sudden it was like, you know, people are really understanding when the baby's fussy. People are really understanding that I'm not going to be at their beck and call every hour of the day. Um, And my company uses Slack and we're on Slack all day, every day, like 97%, I would say of my communications is via Slack, not emails. What is Slack? What's Slack? It's like office AIM. So there's like direct messaging and then you can have like specific team chat rooms where like all your team members are in one place. And then there's company wide things. Like my company has like, when we were still in the office, we had a free food channel where it was like, if there was food left over from a meeting that was in the office, they would like post it there and you'd like watch people run to like whatever conference room all the food was left at. So like stuff like that. So kind of across the board, like we've got a swag channel or like a dad jokes channel, which always makes me chuckle. But um, so it's like this like office wide communication system. Um, and I think because of COVID and so this definitely started pre me having a baby, but because of COVID and like this um, distributed workforce is what we call it model. A lot of our communication does happen like via Slack, but there's also kind of like this expectation of like someone doesn't have to respond to you in two seconds. Um, Early on, it was like people treated sending a message via Slack, like they were turning around in their office chair and expecting you to like reply to their question that they verbally asked you. Um, But there was kind of like a little bit of an adjustment period to realize that like, someone may not be watching their Slack as closely um, as you are. So um, kind of figuring out those boundaries and 
just communicating and being open about what your situation is and what you want um, goes far. And um, like early on when I went back, I would take nursing and pumping breaks and I would just tell them that. Be like, I'm going to be gone for the next 20 minutes. If you need me, wait. Um, That was kind of like where we got. Nothing is important enough that you can't wait 20 minutes. So um, just kind of communication and really setting expectations for what um, my managers could expect of me um, and what did I need from them at the same time to like make this transition successful. Yeah, I, I think that's a really, really important point. You know, times have changed a lot and I think we can choose to be a lot more vocal Um and if we can't, we can always find another company to work for. Exactly. I mean, it's called a great resignation for a reason. People are realizing that they want work to look a certain way for them. And if your current job's not going to do that and you're not passionate about what you're doing, you'll go somewhere else and find that, find that working situation or that passion. And... I don't judge anyone for it. Like, if you don't like your job, change it at this point. Um, we know they're out there. Granted, people suck and don't want to pay you. But if you can if you can find some that passion somewhere else, go do it. Obviously, it's easier said than done. But I support anyone that makes a move right now. Yeah, I have really, really appreciated having you on, Allie, just to talk about work and your experience as a mother. And thank you for being so honest and real and upfront about it. Um, I am humbled by you because I feel like you're handling so much so gracefully. And I know maybe it doesn't seem like that on average to you. Um, but for me, like having gone through a lot health wise, I look at mothers like you and I'm like, wow, they're doing so much. Like I would have probably a lot of anxiety trying to manage all this stuff. Um, so it's, um, you know, I just want to, you know, give you props to, raising your daughter. Well, I give you props for managing all the things that you've managed too. Like I know I'm lucky that I had a really easy pregnancy and like postpartum life, but granted the dishes get done like twice a week. I do laundry like every three weeks. My house is a mess. Like, trust me, my life is in shambles in other areas. Um, we're all, my dog doesn't get walked by me. He only gets walked by dad, but whatever. He's happy. We're all happy. We're all just doing our best. And, um, It's like kind of, I have more respect for my mom and other moms now than I ever have before. And anybody that wants to be a mom, I give you kudos for trying to take on that challenge because it's hard. It is hard. It's funny because I saw um, this girl at the gym the other day and I was telling her, I'm like, you know, it's crazy because after you become a mom, there's like people I used to not like be able to stand (laughs) their moms and I'm like oh I actually like them now or I see them differently (laughs) and then it's kind of interesting how your relationships change with your friends like your lifelong friends that don't have kids yet and you're like they're like oh you guys want to go to this concert I had friends invite me to a concert like literally three weeks after she was born and I was like no (laughs) that was the entire conversation and I was just like no I don't want to go who's gonna watch her like, what, what are you expecting here, guys? They were like, wait, I don't get it. Why not, Allie? Why don't you make time for us? And I was like, no, I'm not explaining this. <laughs> <laughs> That's extremely funny. Uh, well, I um, like to end every interview with um, the same question, and it's really around well wishes for moms who are choosing 
to work from home and have a baby without, well, you have childcare in a sense of you have people helping you, right? But you're managing a lot on your own. So what well wish would you send to them or what advice would you give them around the topic? Um, it's okay to be selfish. It's okay to put yourself first um, and to ask your partner, your whoever's helping you, that you need time and you need you need that hour for that evening walk. You need that 20-minute coffee run. It's okay to ask for it. And if someone pushes back on you, push back harder. Um, that's how I fight for your fight for your sanity um it's just as important if not more important than theirs because you are the one that's taking on the biggest burden so we need you guys as sane as you can be very 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 good advice um so thanks thanks for coming on i really really appreciate it and thanks for your time and sharing your story yeah thanks for having me this is fun Thanks again for listening to another episode of Moms on the Mic with Mariah. We will see you all back here again next Monday. Go ahead and follow us on Spotify, Apple, and any major podcast platforms. On Apple Podcasts, rate and review us. Follow us on IG, YouTube, and TikTok at Moms on the Mic with Mariah. And let me know what issues you guys would like to hear on the podcast and any feedback. And also, if you'd like to come on and tell your story, go ahead and throw me a DM. Thanks again, and we'll see you guys next Monday. Another story from another lovely person. See ya.